Hi, welcome back to the Therapists in Motion podcast series. This is Michelle Babcock. Today we're talking about outcomes. We know that outcomes can progress both your individual clinical practice and can progress our profession of outpatient PT to be the neuromuscular skeletal experts that we want to be known as in outpatient. Welcome to Therapists in Motion podcast, brought to you by Spooner Physical Therapy. Today, we're talking about outcomes on our podcast. At Spooner, we use photo to capture our outcomes. I know there are other really good tools out there, and whether you're using photo or something else, this podcast is about using outcomes in your clinical practice. I have Dan Mariofsky and Paul Galliano with me today. Both are fantastic clinicians, and we're really grateful to have them on our team here at Spooner. Dan and Paul lead our practice performance team, so they're very involved in the development of our clinicians, as well as having their own clinical practice, of course. Typically, you hear the two of them host our podcasts, but today, they're on the spot as I'm going to ask Dan and Paul some questions about how they use their own outcomes to drive their clinical practice, and we're going to discuss how we should be using outcomes better as a profession. Hi, guys. Hey, well, thanks. Appreciate it. We're excited to be here. We uh, recently purchased some new equipment, so hopefully you guys will see uh, drastic improvement in our audio quality. I think they Uh, might hear it, not see it. They'll hear it immediately. Yeah, they they probably won't see it since it's in video, (laughs) which is probably a good thing. Um, But yeah, hopefully you'll hear the drastic improvement in our quality, and um, we're looking forward to some great stuff coming out. Agreed. All right, back on track. Um, our outcomes results have so many potential uses and I have this vision for outcomes, Dan and Paul, that our consumers in our communities choose Spooner Physical Therapy because they know that we make, we create the best results, meaning they pick Spooner because of our quality, because of the experience that they're going to get and because they know they're going to get better faster. That's my vision for outcomes. Have you ever tried to choose a provider based on their quality? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially nowadays, I think that myself included, we all go online, we look at reviews, we see how many stars the individual has, you look at the quality of the review, and then you ask your buddies, and you do the best job you can trying to get feedback on previous experience. Yeah, it's really hard to find good quality measures. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some experience finding providers for family members and gosh, it's just not easy. Um, so I read this article about retail thinking strategies in physical therapy and an outpatient, you know, we want to be known as the neuromuscular skeletal experts. We want patients to choose PT first, which means that our consumers need to have a consumer mind in choosing their therapy. Um, in this article, I found that some of the ways that people choose their healthcare providers and specifically physical therapy are through brand presence with extraordinary experiences. So as you said, Paul, you know, how was your therapy? It was awesome. I had a great experience, but did you get better? Uh, another one they indicated was that the provider was a wellness, was part of the wellness focused community. And that they were authentic. But no one ever said anything about quality. Dan, 
How do you think your patients get to you? How do they choose you? Well, I've been at Spooner for six years now, and it's crazy to go back every so often and look at some of the patients I had very at the very beginning of my tenure in Spooner and how many of them have come back to see me and or sent family members or friends. And that's something I try and track on a regular basis is, well, how did you get to see me? Was it from a former patient or you know, somebody that I've personally treated or was it from your doctor or is it just pure dumb luck? And I would say probably 30 to 40% of my patients are, or are direct referrals from past patients or, you know, know somebody that I've treated. Um, and I really think that speaks to engagement plus results. Mm-hmm. You know, if we talk, if we, if we link it back to our conversation with, with Scott and Ryan from Strive Labs, I mean, patient engagement is just as important as our overall results, because if you don't engage with your patient and you get a great result, they may not speak highly of you. Um, and if you engage with them really well, but you don't get a great result, they may not speak very highly of you. So I think those two things combined are really, really important. Yeah. Let's actually stick to that because um, I think Dan made a really important point that the patient experience is is about both of those things. And as a profession, I think we fail to put the emphasis on results, on getting better and getting better faster. Now, in PT, we have a really high satisfaction rating when it comes to our patients liking us. Everyone likes physical therapists. Um, Paul, where do you think we should go as a profession in terms of focusing more on the results? Well, like Dan said, I mean, you get a lot of your patients that come back to you because they had a positive experience. And most importantly, they had a positive outcome where they feel better. However, the problem is they, like you said, have high satisfaction physical therapists in general. They might have had a simple condition. They might have had a condition completely different than their buddy down the street that's asking them. But they just go ahead and they say, oh, well, this one person did great, so I'm going to go to the same individual. It's not enough of a data pool to really determine if you're getting a appropriate therapist for your specific condition because as much as patients seem to think that there might be one cause and one cause only of pain for each and every body part, it's a lot more complex than that. So being able for people to provide their satisfaction, being able to see how we can improve them is going to obviously lead to the ultimate satisfaction. Plus, we all know there are some limitations to satisfaction measures that are taken. Common satisfaction measures, if you guys listen to the Strive Hub uh, guys talk in one of our previous podcasts, they discussed how many of the measures are taken at the end of therapy with your patients who have completed an entire episode of care and are obviously quite happy because, well, they've been there for the entire episode of care. They didn't leave. They didn't go somewhere else. They didn't go back to the doctor. They didn't complain. They didn't, et cetera. So being able to touch on all outcomes, all patients, all experiences is going to give you the most diverse data pool and the best idea of how did they actually perform in therapy and what technically truly occurred, not just, yeah, I like Dan. Dan's a good guy. We all like Dan. Dan's a great guy. Well, and I think that speaks to, you know, things that our association has done of this Get PT First initiative where, well, yeah, it's great if they can get PT first, but we better get them better if they're going to get PT first, not just get PT first and then, oh, crap, we can't get them better, which, you know, photo, the photo data will tell us that a certain percentage of people that we're going to see statistically speaking, we won't get better, but 
if we get PT first, then perhaps we'll be able to actually refer them to the appropriate provider as opposed to, and spend healthcare dollars more wisely as opposed to spending $4,500 on low back pain before they actually get to PT. I've actually personally had patients that have come to me for some sort of movement screen because a buddy referred them and I look at them and say, you know what, you're not right for physical therapy. And the best thing eventually for other body parts, other issues or friends and family, I do see them come back because they appreciated that in our ridiculous healthcare field nowadays, you can't navigate which specialist should I see. I went to someone, they didn't waste my time. They saw me, they said, you know what? You need this person. Here's where you go. Here's what you asked for. Let's take care of this appropriately. And again, it's that connecting with the patient, the satisfaction, even though I didn't deliver technical physical therapy, I provided them with a service they needed for their health. Yeah, right. Well, and back to outcomes. How can outcomes help us here? I see it as um, if we're measuring our outcomes as a group. So this is as our practice. Um, If we're measuring our outcomes and they're good, we should be able to post those outcomes and patients should be able to make the choice to come see us because they know that they're going to get the best results. Do you agree with that? Completely. It's just really hard today. <laughs> yes, it, it is. But no, I mean, you are completely correct. Especially, again, let's look at online reviews. That's what everyone uses. You mm-hmm. look at restaurants and you see a bunch of one out of five star reviews. And then you read the comment and realize, okay, it's a, that was a ridiculous reason for being displeased. Or they get a five out of five and you don't know if particularly their likes are yours. If you have a good, valid outcome measure, you're saying, all right, this is going to be the true picture of what actually occurred. Not some individual's personal thoughts, which may or not be congruent with how you feel things should be taken care of. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think the hard part with that is actually finding consumers who value that information. I mean, we've had our outcomes initiative at Spooner PT for five years, four to five years. And trying to get that to consumers who value that information is, is definitely a challenge. And I think that our fellow friends in healthcare with physicians and et cetera would feel the exact same way that they may have an excellent outcome on a surgical procedure or an injection or something like that, but there's no true outcome out there that's probably readily available for people to understand and navigate that to find those people. Right. Well, but I think we have actually a benefit here because we have a great outcomes tool. And like I said, we use photo because well, for a lot of great reasons. Photo is a great tool, but there are other good tools. We actually have a huge data set of outcomes information that can allow our consumers to choose us. And I just wish that more and more PT providers would do the same thing so that we can create that consumer-centric, retail-like choice in healthcare. I think the more and more really hits it pretty importantly and pretty well. Right now, I don't think individuals have the slightest clue that outcomes are tracked. People, mm-hmm. when they come in for photo, they don't understand the purpose. We have to educate them on it. If it was readily used, not photo, but any outcome measure, an accepted outcome measure, if it's readily used and readily available and out there, the more people that become exposed to it, the more you understand, oh, this is what I should look for as a question. Right now, they don't know. So they just go to their trusted friend. If everyone's using data measures and it's a commonplace mm-hmm. thing to be out there, you're going to see more people actually take advantage of it. Yeah. So I found some stats. Um Healthcare costs for individuals, we all know, have gone up significantly over the last decade. And the amount of money that employees pay who have group health insurance before meeting their deductibles has increased almost 70% in the last five years. So 
our patients and consumers have a giant financial responsibility themselves in their own health care. Um, how does that factor into creating value in physical therapy and value for our patients? Well, I think that's huge. I mean, what'd you say? 70% more? Almost 70% more people are spending themselves out of pocket. Before their insurance company starts to pay. B- before they maximize their deductible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge component because I don't know how many times in the last six months I've had patients come to see me where they're like, oh, this is so different than the last physical therapy place I was at. I wish I would have gotten here first. And it's like, well, yeah, well, I'm glad you're here now because I actually have the ability to help you. Mm-hmm. And But then it's frustrating because I'm like, well, how much money did you spend at that last clinic? I mean, I don't actually know that. I could probably figure it out. But you know, it's frustrating as a provider who cares about his outcomes and strives to make them better on a regular basis and knows that that's a difference maker for myself, um, as well as our company that we have better outcomes than our, than a lot of our competitors, um, or we, that we know of, you know, I think that's huge for a patient to say, well, wait, I'm going to spend a hundred dollars a pop to go to a PT session. Am I going to spend it on a place where their results are proven and they're out there for me to see that shows that I'm going to get better? Or am I going to go someplace that perhaps my physician or my friend went to that doesn't publicize their outcomes and I have no idea if I'm going to get better? Yeah. Do do you feel accountable yourselves as treating clinicians, like accountable to your patients who now are paying more that you need to prove it? Definitely. I mean, obviously, everyone walks through the doors. I want them to do better, feel better, and get back to their activities. But again, they're paying for a service, and I expect to provide that service at the highest level possible. And I expect to do it as quickly and efficiently as I can because everyone wants to get on with their lives and want to get the next person in the door to help them. So yeah, I think any any and all therapists out there would probably agree that we want to provide the best potential treatment, and we want the ther- the patients to get better in a cost-efficient manner. And that's the benefit of our profession. We don't have expensive injections and don't have expensive surgeries. We are relatively cost-efficient, but when you look at the number of visits and the higher co-pays deductibles, it adds up quickly for people. Sure. Well, and I think the other thing is is actually having a real conversation with your patient about what's financially reasonable. You know, I, I don't know how many clinicians actually do that, and then what happens? They, they fall off because mm-hmm. the therapist created a plan of care that wasn't financially reasonable for them, so then what happens? Then they go back and they... Well, they tell their doctor, well, I didn't get better and well, I couldn't do PT because blah, 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 blah. And then what happens? They now get another image and now they get meds and then they get injections or whatever. And now guess what? They're back to PT and we might have been able to avoid that had we had a proactive conversation with what was reasonable. But Dan, my script says three times a week for four weeks. Heaven forbid I do anything other than what this possibly says on the piece of paper. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's a completely different story, I think. But, you know, I, I think that's, again, if we're going to talk about how we use outcomes to drive value in an outpatient therapy setting as well as be a differentiator, that has to be something that we take ownership as a profession that, you know what, Doc, just write eval and treat with the diagnosis that you think is going on and helpful things that you found in the diagnosis or in your, in your eval, it's going to help me as a PT and let us own our own plan of cares and you know, all that stuff. And then we can actually say, Oh, well, instead of three times a week, one time a week is financially feasible. And I'm going to put a greater responsibility on the patient to actually do their home exercise program. Well, and if you have the data to prove it, which you do in your outcomes data, you can say, I typically will get 
a patient better with shoulder pain in this amount of visits. Um, and it's proven because you have a big data set to prove it. Well, yeah, and I think that's that's one of the huge plugs to Photo. I mean, Photo's got over 6 million data points out there in their system. And our company alone at Spooner, I mean, in 2016, we had over 7,400 data points. Mm-hmm. I don't know any research studies out there where you see ends that have that that big. So, I mean, that when, it, when we tell a patient, hey, it's going to take you about 13 visits to get better, that's because I have outcomes data behind it to, to back up my point. Right. Um, briefly... Because we're talking to clinicians right now. What can a clinician do? Give each of you give like two quick points on how they can um, better track their outcomes or collect better data on their outcomes to make sure that they have good scores to be able to promote themselves and for patients to get to them. I think the biggest thing is just keep a top of mind. I mean, first and foremost, the patient experience is what you want. You want the patient to understand why they're there. You want the patient to appreciate the time there and benefit greatly from the time that is there. But if you're doing all of those things, you're going to have a good outcome to be collected. You have to remember to collect it. Actively think about making sure you've educated your patient on, we're taking this seriously. This is important feedback for us and for the profession. We need your honest opinions on these types of things, or we need your honest performance, your honest effort. We have to collect as much data as possible, and quite frankly... Just simply making sure you're actually collecting it through the busy day is huge because we all know you get bogged down with phone calls, documentation to be completed, patients come in unexpectedly. Hey, can you look at my daughter too while I'm here? I mean, there's a lot of different things and challenges that come across us during the day. So making sure not to force uh, feed it down people's throats, but keep it top of mind is probably nine-tenths of the battle, quite honestly. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, you know, that'll, that'll help you really understand your patient's perspective on if they feel like they're getting better. Because objectively, it may show that, oh, they have more range of motion and they have more strength and they can do a sit-to-stand test with more repetitions or they can do a functional reach test further. But you want to know subjectively how they feel and mm-hmm. an outcomes tool, whether it's ODI, NDI, LEFS, DASH, or photo or something else out there is actually going to give you that data. So keeping it top of mind and doing it on a regular basis is really what's going to make the difference. Now, for some of those people that are stat geeks, they're like, well, I want to know the difference between what their NDI was at intake, what their NDI was at visit six and visit 12. Go ahead, do it, go nuts. But there are programs out there that can help you. Um, I know we have some colleagues that probably would like to do more spreadsheets because they're and, and they utilize those different <laughs> outcome measures. But um, but the, the thing is, is those people have great outcomes. Why? Just what Paul said. They keep it top of mind. They track it. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's one more way to use outcomes in practice that I think is really important. And I want to get to that. Um, and that's to drive clinical excellence. And, you know, we put a lot of resources and um, effort into driving clinical excellence at Spooner. We have passionate therapists who are doing great things out there. How do you two use your individual outcome scores to drive your own clinical excellence? They're pointing at each other. (laughs) (laughs) I can speak to what I did probably four years ago. Um, I know there was a, through some mentorship, one of the body parts that I was getting really excited about treating was the hip pelvis region and I checked my photo scores because I was like, oh, yeah, it seems like I'm getting some pretty good outcomes. And I checked my outcomes and they were crap. They were like 
five points better than expected on 25 patients. I'm like, well, that, that's kind of a problem. So what did I do about it? Well, I sought out some continuing education uh, specific to the hip pelvis through uh, IAOM US as well as Institute of Physical Art. Did some specific mentoring with therapists in my company that were achieving great results in the in the hip region. Um, as well as, you know what, I just started to read more articles and watch more you know, YouTube videos and things like that on different treatment techniques, as well as spend time talking to physicians and, and physicians who were experts in treating the hip and picking their brains on how they found certain diagnoses and anticipated recovery times. So then I could fit that into my clinical brain to say, okay, if, if doc says I anticipate this person being back on the soccer field in 12 weeks, well, I better do something into my plan of care that progressively gets them ready to return to soccer in 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. I love how you took ownership of that. What are your hip scores now? Uh, they're probably around four, four and a half. Awesome. And by the way, if my hip were hurting, Dan would be the first person to treat me whether he liked it or not. <laughs> Definitely. No, sometimes you're kind of a difficult schedule. Mm, maybe. <laughs> So for me personally, honestly, with my outcomes, I just want to be part of bettering the profession as a whole. And what I mean by that is I think every therapist out there can agree. We get a lot of lack of understanding from other healthcare providers, from doctors, from patients, from professionals, what we actually can provide as a service. Uh, insurance companies included, re- decreasing reimbursements, not getting paid. Patients come all the time like, I don't really know why I'm here. I don't understand the purpose of therapy. I don't, I don't trust therapy. I don't believe in therapy. I don't think it's a real thing that works for me. We've all encountered those situations. We all know the frustration of those situations. And the truth is you can win people over one at a time. You can win doctors over one at a time. You can maybe make an argument to insurance companies somehow. But the truth is you need data to back you up and you need a large amount of data to back you up and a large number of therapists to facilitate said data. If we're going to go to an insurance company and ask for better reimbursement, I need to have a large number of patients that show I can make these improvements. I can do it in a realistic time frame. I can save you money. And if we want to be reimbursed at an appropriate rate, that's required. If I want to have other health professionals take us seriously, again, we need to show that we're not just having patients come in and go through a cookie cutter home exercise program and a bunch of TheraBand exercises and get a massage, a hot pack, ultrasound, and pop out the door. We need to show, no, I, I work on individual patients. I isolate to their specific needs. I find their specific movement dysfunctions. I address them. And look, magically, they do much better. And here's me showing you, not just telling you, not just two people that shout from the rooftops because of those people, but a large number that this is what we can do. This is what our profession can do. And we all need to collect data if we ever want to make some of those changes because we're in a prove it to me world. So prove it. Well, gee, I'm not sure I could have wrapped that up much better than <laughs> Paul did. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed hearing about outcomes. And as practitioners, maybe you'll think a little bit more about your um, focus on outcomes, how to use outcomes better within your own clinical practice Clearly, just our short discussion today shows that we can use outcomes to elevate the perception of our profession with data. We can use it to create a consumer-directed practice with data and develop our own clinical practice to clinical excellence with the data that we collect. Try it out. Thanks, Michelle. Um, Great podcast. If you guys want to provide some feedback to us, don't forget to email us at therapistsinmotion at spoonerpt.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, any feedback on our current podcasts or topics that you want to hear. We've, we're up for anything. Well, mostly anything. 